Hey, before we get started, we just want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Church Sound Made Simple. Mixing sound seems complicated, but it doesn't have to be. Cut the overwhelm by getting access to the stress-free, no-fluff training that will help you create great sound at church. Visit churchsoundmadesimple.com. Well, welcome to the Collaborate Worship Podcast, where we help you create great sound at church. I'm your host, Cade Young, and today I'm here with Tim Bell, and we're going to talk about becoming an excellent musician. Tim, how are you doing, man? Wow, it's, it's been a great day. Awesome. Well, I've known Tim for a long time, and he actually joined my worship team about 12 years ago when I was a newbie worship leader, and I don't know how he's put up with me this long, but he still continues to serve as our electric guitar player at church. But Tim's also the sound engineering instructor at Tulsa Technology Center. He actually helped develop the audio-video production program, and it's really the only one of its kind in our area. So every day, he gets to go to work in this incredible recording studio teaching his students about sound engineering. Talk about a dream job. What does like, a normal day look like at work for you? Uh, well, they're, they're juniors and seniors in high school. Uh, a lot of people confuse Tulsa Tech with being... Uh, TCC, whereas we're TTC, whereas one's a, a college and, and one is, is a high school. So, uh, as you well know, Oklahoma has a really strong tech system. And uh, that, include, that enabled us to build an actual recording studio where we can have uh, juniors and seniors in high school actually come in and literally record their own bands and mix and master them. Which, yeah, it is. It's a whole lot of fun whole lot of fun <laughs> yeah on the equipment and the studio that you get to work in it's just incredible i've been there and it's like a dream mm, it, it, they don't uh they don't scamp when they give me stuff that's awesome <laughs> well in every podcast interview we always take a moment to bring a failure out into the open so mm. we can laugh together and learn something along the way because the truth is <laughs> we all make mistakes and sometimes they seem really heavy until you realize that everybody else is making mistakes too so tim fess up tell us an embarrassing story Oh, probably my the one that sticks out the most actually molded me the most. Uh, I was at ORU, and uh, I only knew how to play rock and roll guitar at that point in time. I, you know, I only knew how to play Van Halen, etc. And uh, I went to a guitar instructor, and he was phenomenal. I mean, crazy, crazy level musicianship. And he says, you need to learn these things because you're going to need to know how to play praise and worship. And I'm like, well, I play in a band. I'm going to be a, you know, a super mega star in just a couple of years. I don't know, need to learn how to play uh, praise and worship. And so uh, God was talking to me a little bit and a buddy of mine on my wing, the dorm wing at ORU, he comes up to me and he says, uh, hey, they're having tryouts for the ORU missions teams. And uh, he says, I think you're good enough. I mean, I've, I've heard you play rock. I mean, you should be able to go down there, right? And so I go down there. I feel led to go down there. And uh, so I go in. It was time for my audition. So I got on there and I put my guitar on and played. And I was absolutely awful because I didn't know how to play praise and worship. I, you know, I, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And uh, I embarrassed myself thoroughly i mean it was bad if you could bomb no one can bomb worse than i bombed it was bad and i just i walked away thinking i am just absolutely horrendous and i went back to my guitar instructor and i said show me everything you got so i mean 
uh, the Holy Spirit led me into a situation that would expose the area that I needed to improve on in. And I've, you know, if you count now, I've probably been in praise and worship well over 30 years, all because of that lesson. So was that the only time you played at ORU, or did you go refine your skill and end up playing later? Uh, I I did refine my skills, uh, but as God led me a different way, uh, I was playing for local churches at that point. Uh, at one point, I even played uh, with a lady who did ma- mostly hymns on a piano where it was just me and her. And boy, I'll tell you what, hymns are hard. And so that really refined what what I learned how to do. I mean, then when I got into praise and worship, it wasn't nearly as hard as those old hymns were. So it that helped a lot, even though it was very uncomfortable. I know hymns have all kinds of chords you've never seen before. I would sometimes, I would just simplify it to the point where I'm just playing a root. <laughs> you know, here's the bass note. I'm going to play the A, you know, that's all I knew how to do. But, yeah. you know, the piano player was playing with, you know, both hands, melody and everything. So I wasn't really, no one knew what I was playing anyway. Good experience, though. Yes. All right. Well, let's talk about being an excellent musician at church, because I know there's a common discussion out there that focusing too much on skill is going to turn worship into a performance. So it seems like most church musicians have defaulted to just doing enough to get by. And I know this top this topic is close to your heart, so I'm going to ask you a few <laughs> questions on it. Yeah. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear somebody worry about excellence taking away from the true heart of worship? I don't know it's possible. Uh, seriously, I, I don't know that it's possible. Uh, I mean, because if, if you're a really excellent musician, you're adding to the overall worship experience. I think kind of what they're talking about is that they don't want to get to the point where you're taking the soul or the, the feel or the, the aim of it away. I think a good example of that is, is Bob Dylan was an awful vocalist, but phenomenal songwriter. I mean, and look at how many records he sold. But he he was skilled. He was wildly skilled, but he still could get the feel across. And uh, I think the better musician you become, really, the easier it is to to be out of your flesh. I don't know how else to say that. To where you're not having to think about what you're playing nearly as much, and so you can praise, you can worship, you you can get out of your head. I guess is a better way to say that. And I don't know if you can do that unless you're really skilled or else you flub. Yeah, I agree. Which I still do, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> One of those things. Yeah. So, from a biblical perspective, though, is excellence something that you think we should pursue? You know what? The fact that you asked the question knows you already know the answer to this one. Uh, everything we do should. I mean, when they were building the Ark of the Covenant, uh, one of the things was get the best, you know, the best artisans, get the best of this guy, the best of the gold guys. And uh, I, I think when we look into back into First Samuel, when uh, you probably remember when uh, Saul, when he'd be visited by a a, a a dark spirit and he'd get depressed. And so what he would do is he actually put the call out and said, bring me the best, most skilled player you can get. And ironically, it was David. <laughs> so David should show up. He'd play his uh, stringed instrument. And because uh, I don't know that we know exactly what stringed instrument that he played, I think they just called it a, a lyre. And uh, 
he when he played, uh, Desprit would actually lift. And so there's evidence there at that point that it doesn't even have to be a vocal. Mm. There's another golden calf for the. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to sing. You can actually. Uh, and then again, in Psalm 33, 3, you'll see where uh, this, of course, is one of my favorites, where it says, play skillfully and loudly. <laughs> I like it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you you need to be exuberant. I mean, David danced around in his underwear, right? He was so fired up praising and worshiping, he completely lost himself. And that's pretty awesome. But within that context, my point being that he asked for a skilled player. And then, you know, in Psalm, it says to play skillfully as well as loud. Whereas for the longest time, I only did loud. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, I think that like really the church or Christians in general should be the most excellent people that are out there, like in their in their job and how they live their lives. And It should be a habit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how we've gotten away from that. Maybe it's, it's maybe hard. It's this next, yeah. Maybe it's this next question I have for you. What's the difference between excellence and perfection? Maybe that's where we get tripped up a lot of times. Uh, well, one's possible and one isn't. <laughs> uh, take it from a guy who I spend all my days in a recording studio. I mean, you can't make it perfect. You can make it pretty darn good, but you, perfect without uh, using the computer to line up the the beats, it's not going to be perfect. And even then, you could argue that lining it up perfectly doesn't make it perfect. So there's all that. But uh, really, in my opinion, the being excellent part is really all about simply being ready in and out of season. Uh, I, one of my favorite stories is of Kurt Warner of the Rams, who uh, was completely out of football, and uh, he worked at a at a at a grocery store doing the night shelving you know putting stuff back on the shelves and he was practicing throwing his football with the bread <laughs> across the aisles he was practicing trying to get better at football and he wasn't even in football but as the story goes on about 3 years later he ended up the Super Bowl MVP when he won the Super Bowl with the Rams because he was prepared he was he was looking for excellence he was preparing for excellence he was ready in and out of season when the opportunity came, he was ready. And I I think that's a crucial point when it comes to excellence. So what's another reason that you think we shy away from being excellent musicians in church? Uh well, it's hard. It's really hard. Uh what I'm what I'm finding more and more with my students, because with the emergence of FL Studio and Loops, uh, as well as uh hip hop EDM. Uh, you know, things like that, it's it's much easier to create a loop and have it be perfect than it is to put a drummer on a drum kit, mic up all the drums, put them on a metronome, and then try all day to get a good take. And then at that point, you're still not done. You still have to do a whole bunch of more processing. Whereas, in my opinion, FL Studio and some of those loop programs are sort of like fast food. Uh, they're good, but in the long term, they don't help you any. I've had people show up in my classroom with a CD full of songs, and they're not a musician. They don't know how to play anything at all. Nothing. So what's happening is uh, nowadays when I have a group of 18 students, uh, I might have one drummer. 
Uh, and whereas about 10 years ago, I had two or three drummers per class. So we're starting to, the actual literal acoustic analog instruments are starting, they're hard to learn, they're easier just to cut and paste. And that's where we're losing a lot of our musicians. What impact do you think that has on worship? Uh, well, as you know, I'm not a huge fan of like the drone pads. And the reason why I am not is because if, if all of your musicians are actually having a part that they're playing with excellence, then you don't need that extra sonic space filled because it's already filled with a good, you know, creative, skillfully played part. But, uh, of course, you know, I'm not going to say it's never appropriate. I mean, you know, there are times when drones are pretty cool. They work well uh, between songs. You know, when you're trying to gel them together, we just end one and start the next. There's all sorts of things like that that make it work. Uh, and if you're, if, if you're a small church, it's really cool to be able to have sequenced and have all the tracks already built and suppose you don't have a bass player. Well, you, you know, just play the original track from the bass. That's pretty cool. And that does help your, if, if you can get the audience to where they don't notice that you're missing the bass player to where it's not an issue for them, that's a win. You know, if you can get them to praise, that's a win. That's, that's where you're at. I know lots of churches. We're very fortunate. We have some really great musicians. But uh, not everybody does. I mean, there are some that only have vocalists. So there you go. Yeah. But there's times where we've used the tracks to fill in for somebody who couldn't show Absolutely. up or whatever, which is nice for the team. You know, they don't feel so pressured. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, it's way better to have like our bass <laughs> right. player there than to play it on the backing track. Oh, no, no question. Or we joke that the keyboard player, when she's gone, when she, she, she had to take a little time off and... When she was gone, we referred to the track as Digital Amy, and it was not nearly as good as Analog Amy. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and it's and it's kind of hard to explain like why the difference is so great versus a, an actual player being there versus just it could even be something that she recorded that we you know play through the backing track and it still wouldn't be the same right. in worship. Right. Well, and another thing that you'll notice too is that uh, as you look at public perception of musicians uh really the only musicians you need in terms of public you know the way they look at it is uh, the vocalist that's all you need i mean look at all the vocal uh contests what do you got you got the voice you got the the one where they turn around you got american idol you got it never takes into any consideration that somebody had to write the song somebody had to record the song somebody had to engineer the song and in a lot of those shows, there's live musicians playing it back behind the curtain. So all of these, <laughs> that's not even counting the lighting guys, the live PA guys, and got by guys, I mean guys or girls. And uh, there's just a bunch of professional folks that have skills that make all of that come in, to, but no one knows it. That's really kind of disheartening as a musician. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why there's not as many these days. I mean, what's the point? That's kind of where I was headed. I mean, if if you can do pretty much like they did in the Super Bowl, basically, where you just have a backing track and then the vocalist just, it's all about the vocalist, the one person. And then that's, you know, that's all you need to learn how to do is sing. Man, that's pretty lame, though, because things are <laughs> things are better together. You know, why would, would you, why would you want it to be just one person when it could be a team? Well, and I'm willing to, you know what, if anyone, 
if you're if you're if you want to learn to play an instrument, if you jump in with your praise and worship band on their practice nights, you will have so much more fun than all by yourself, you know, with FL Studios. All right, so hopefully we've convinced our listeners here that becoming an excellent musician is worth it. So I want to just kind of shift gears a little bit and I want you to give us some practical things that we can do to become an excellent musician. Well, I, you remember I, I referred back to my uh, uh, my really excellent music teacher that I had on at ORU, and you've probably even heard me say this before, where I'll say that you, and this is a direct quote from him, uh, so Mr. Lynch, if you're out there, <laughs> I think he's actually in uh, Nashville right now. But anyway, uh, he used to say that you only have to practice on the days that you eat. That was his take on it. Of course, I was a really scrawny dude. I'd sometimes I wouldn't eat some days just because I'd forget. But yeah, nowadays that never happens. <laughs> so practice every day. That's you just pretty tip. much you practice every day. Uh, the other thing is is if you if you practice with other people, you will get better faster. I'd I'd put it like at a at, at a degree of ten times you'll get fa- better faster if you play with with other people. Uh, in, in fact, I think uh, you w- didn't really, up until you started with the Praise and Worship Band, you didn't sing at all, did you? Mm-mm. Yeah. And so, and and I've seen this with Dylan, too, your brother, which is our current Praise and Worship leader. Uh, he has played with us, what, he's been two years? Yep. And, and I'd say within the last three months... His vocal has dramatic, it's just all of a sudden went blink, you know, and he hit the quantum leap to where he's a pretty darn good vocalist now. Now, had he been just singing in the shower <laughs> and, uh, you know, to the radio, would he have come, he wouldn't be anywhere near the vocalist he is now, simply because he plays with other people. Yeah, the everyday thing, I mean, it really does work because I took piano lessons for, I want to say, seven or eight years. And the weeks that I would practice, just 30 minutes a day is really all it took. 30 minutes a day, I'd sit down and practice whatever my piano teacher had me to practice. Then I'd show up the next lesson and play it pretty much flawlessly, and she would be happy with me. <laughs> but if I didn't do that, I would show up yeah. and fumble through you know, the assignment that she gave me. And, and I mean, it all hinged on that daily commitment. And it doesn't have to be hours per day, although that would be beneficial. Yep. But even yep. 30 minutes a day makes a huge difference. Yeah, well, and you'll see that in everything that you do. I mean, if whether it's a personal prayer time, whether it's uh, uh, spending time with your wife, whether it's just a little bit every day, never underestimate the power of doing something every single day. It uh, it's important. So you mean I can't just wait for a band rehearsal <laughs> at church to start working on my stuff? Oh, don't get me started there. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know. <laughs> And, you know, unfortunately, uh, frequently, the vocalists are the ones who who don't think they or that singing in the car is practice. You know, uh, uh, frequently, it's the the instrumentalists that will sit down every day and actually try and work it out. And then uh, and that's just in general. So you vocalists out there, it goes for you, too. Yeah. And one thing I used to do to refine my vocals is just set up a microphone, whatever you can get your hands on, put on some headphones like mm. at home mm-hmm. and just listen to yourself through the headphones. Oh, that's and even brutal. record yourself and play it back and listen Ooh. for all those things that you don't like. But yeah. then re-record it and try to fix it. And then you start to learn some things about your own vocal and how to harness it and make it sound better. 
That's that that it's painful, but it's effective. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you really don't want to do it at first, but you you get used to it, kind of. <laughs> do you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still watch my own YouTube videos and don't like my speaking voice. <laughs> yeah. And I have to listen to it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This may be you may have the same answer to this, but if you could narrow it down to one thing we could do every day to become a better musician, what would it be? Oh, one of my big ones is learn different styles. Uh, I I'm not a fan of country western, and it's not that I look down on it; it just doesn't appeal to me. And I know there are great musicians in country western, so I sometimes will sit al- and try and play along with the country western song, just because it changes the way you play, it changes the scales you play, it changes the types of 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 chords that you play in a row it it changes the modes that you use it's it it changes everything uh i know you like bluegrass yes uh i'd be lost with a bluegrass band i would just be i'd just be standing there looking at them as they ran off and <laughs> and did their thing because i just haven't played a lot with it but to be a really good musician you have to learn how to play every style that you can think of I mean, go back to your fun one, you know, and play with the recording sometime. Uh, another thing that I always that has come across, you know, and you know where I'm coming from on this, is that you're never too old to start uh, uh, praising God with an instrument or with your voice or something like that. Uh, my wife recently came up to me and says, I want to be a drummer. And I had no indication of this. Uh, those of the you that... No, Darla, that'd probably surprise you that she had said such a thing. So uh, I got her a drum kit, and sure enough, she came out. I've caught her. You know, she's been in here just working the rudiments with a metronome. You know, it's never too late. And, of course, she just loves to praise. So who knows where that'll take her. Have you ever envisioned yourself playing on a team where your wife is the drummer? <laughs> no. Uh, years, years and years and years ago, we, uh, I actually, and I have a copy. She doesn't like me to tell these people this, but uh, I have, she sang on a song that I recorded on, on an old four track, probably 25 years ago, probably a little longer ago than that. And uh, so I, I, you know, if I thought she'd do anything, I thought she might sing. But no, no, a drum of all things, which doesn't bother me any because uh, I get to play with it too. And I'm not a very good drummer yet. Who knows? <laughs> That'll be cool. I hope she does, like, actually play for church. That'd be quite the, uh, yeah, quite the accomplishment. It'd be awesome. It, it really would. I mean, uh, people who don't know, she's about 50. Or she just turned 50, and so that's, and she's not very outgoing. I mean, she's not, you know, she doesn't necessarily like to put herself out there, but uh, (laughs) that would really be surprising if we got her to do some drums. Yeah, I'd love it. Yeah. Well, man, that's been so good. Any parting piece of wisdom before we get off here? Uh Another thing that you can do uh, just uh, nowadays that's very cool is there's tons of YouTube videos on any kind. Uh, if, if, you, if you're one of those people that the Holy Spirit is leading you away from playing anything but uh, Christian or praise and worship music, get online. And I think almost every major, uh, and by major I mean that they release albums pretty regularly, praise and worship band has YouTube videos on how to play each piece. 
and uh, just get out there and uh, play some YouTube videos if you don't if you don't have a band to play with or uh, you know it's pretty boring just sitting there and doing it by yourself. So uh, playing to a record or a YouTube video is is I still love to do that. So there you go. Well, if this episode prompted any questions that our listeners would like to ask you, how could they ask you? They could write me, uh, most effectively, would be Tim.Bell. My last name is B-E-L-L, Tim.Bell, at Tulsatech.edu. And I, I check my, my emails at that one, you know, every day at work, you know, multiple times. Awesome. Well, don't miss this opportunity to connect with Tim. And as always, thanks for being with us. We need your help to get this podcast out to everybody who needs it. So please leave us a rating and a review on whatever platform you're using. And don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when the next episode comes out. So go implement what you learned in this podcast and we'll catch you next time.